0: Hello world, this is the Freelance Forum Spring 2022 podcast series. Over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. You can download the Freelance Forum podcast from Apple Podcasts, Pocketcast and all good podcatcher apps and on SoundCloud. The following episode is a live recording of freelance journalist Bernie Dwan speaking with Irish Examiner News Editor Gerrit O'Shaughnessy and Dublin Enquirer co-founder Sam Trainham about commissioning, the kind of stories they're looking for, and what kind of pitch catches their eye. The recording was made at the Spring 2022 Freelance Forum event held on 11th of April at Grange Garmin Campus of Technological University Dublin.
1: This is like the old days of deep dark lockdown, isn't it? Doing a a session over Zoom. Um, Okay, so then this session is all about helping us to understand what commissioning editors want in a pitch. And the two editors that are going to help us understand this and unravel it are Deirdre O'Shaakansi via Zoom, News editor of the Irish Examiner, how you doing? And Sam Trainham, co founder and deputy editor of the Dublin Inquirer. Now, um, I'm wondering then, is there like a silver bullet or a a killer app approach to this? Um, So I don't know, hopefully you can answer this. Now, Deirdre, I see you've come up through the ranks. For, uh, before you know reaching your auspicious position as news editor of the Irish Examiner, so I'm guessing, you know, working down in Gal- Galway and Cork and Limerick and all, you got you got massive great experience. with was like a great apprenticeship for you, yeah? Um, yeah. Sam, I see you're kind of you arrived here in 2013 and you've worked all over the world. You've worked in India and Kyrgyzstan and all over the states. So you're quite the international man of mystery. So you might well um, have <laughs> a different take, a different take on this. So, look, um, we'll get started then. That's all the housekeeping out of the way. So, Deirdre, you know, could, could you tell the listeners here, the viewers, and the listeners, um, what you're looking for in a in a pitch? And before you start, can I just ask, are you going to be asking them more, are telling people more what you're looking for? in a traditional
2: broadsheet setting or in general? In general. Um I don't think there's any space left for anyone to just be a traditional broadsheet anymore. So um yeah um thanks for the introduction there i can't see any of you which is really annoying so but it sounds like you're having great crack i heard loads of laughing there so that sounds good um sorry i can't be with you in person but i'm kind of glad i didn't leave my attic today because it's a horrible day outside um the yeah so i suppose you you mentioned there about how i worked in different areas in the regional media so um i've being a freelance I freelanced on top of my kind of various day jobs for most of my career. Um, because there's some stories like when you work in a regional, particularly, that you're like, this needs to go further. Um, apart from you know, greed, because that as well. But um I have a lot of experience in uh kind of banging on closed doors and in, you know, trying to figure out who's approachable and in also trying to get paid. Uh it took me a year to get my first broadsheet article paid for uh, back in 2008 when there was supposedly loads of money around the place, Um, but it took me a year to get that 50 euros out of uh, a broadsheet which shall remain unnamed. Um, So I, I think probably I have a slightly different experience to a lot of commissioning editors in that respect. Um, so if you chase me to get paid, I won't get annoyed with you and start ignoring you. So uh, that's that's the first thing, which I think is, is very common complaint um, and something that, as I say, I have dealt with myself um, in terms of what we're looking for. So, yeah, this is kind of the million dollar question. We're looking for good stories. Um, the examiner is obviously primarily monster focused. Um, some people might say Cork focused, but we are trying to change that. I particularly am trying to change that because I'm from Limerick um, and it's sometimes it's tough and isolating in here being being, you know, from outside. But um, it's very um, important to me that we serve that Munster market very well because the the dearth of local media left covering things like courts and councils in particular areas is is a huge gap. And. Um, some of you may have seen a story it was in, followed up on in the Sindo yesterday but David Raleigh who's a freelancer in Limerick very experienced freelancer in Limerick has been covering a court case recently where there was a Kerry man um, convicted of trying to procure children for, for sex uh, I suspect that that case was heard in Tralee District Court operating in Limerick um, and I suspect if that had been heard in Tralee District Court in Tralee it never would have made the news because there is no there, there's one freelancer in Kerry and she's she mainly covers councils so um, the the importance to us of stringers is cannot be overstated. Um, and I think that the regions have lost a lot over the past few years as people have moved out of journalism, as the regional newspapers have folded, and people have moved out of journalism. So that's a key focus for us. Um, so obviously talking to the Dublin Freelance Forum is a little bit sometimes outside of what we do, but um, many of you may be located in places that are not technically Dublin or you may be coming across stories from you know earlier in your careers or from contacts from earlier in your careers from other places um we are still interested in Dublin um obviously the majority of the country you know the the highest proportion of people still live in Dublin so we are interested in it but we do have a monster focus I suppose um we, we get the kind of local court thing thrown at us a lot but you know the Irish Times will happily give a huge space to a planning story that interests, you know, 20 residents in the street in Ballsbridge. Uh, we do the same for Cork um, and sometimes for Limec and other places in Munster. So that's kind of the our approach. Um, we're interested in good stories. My key focus as an editor is that I think um, readers respond better to stories with a face. Uh, I'm particularly interested in human interest stories. Uh, We do a lot of investigations ourselves and are also interested in commissioning those from people who we know can follow through and from people with a proven track record of doing them. Um, We are interested in uh, news features, particularly if you can provide multimedia content. Um, That's something we're moving into it's kind of unexplored territory for us a little bit but we are kind of on the way there um so if people have pitches that kind of have a couple of different aspects in terms of the video package or they've you know text and video or text and audio um come and talk to me uh we don't have set rates for any of these things so it's a question of me going back and negotiating with somebody else about that um but I'm interested um we have done a lot of work on our online presence in the past couple of years as people will have noticed and we won the the um award for best digital news service uh for last year, which we're immensely proud of because we are operating with less resources than than the other broadsheets. Um and so online stories, we we the beast has to be fed all the time. Um particularly, I suppose, for freelancers, and it was something I knew when I when I was working freelance mainly for the Herald, um, mainly op-eds for the Herald for years. Um school holidays, we are usually there's a lot of people off. We are looking for stuff. Actively always this time of year Christmas summer, um that's your time to make hey if you can store stuff up and 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 if it's not you know if it's not news um if it's not time sensitive particularly news features um human interest stories those kind of things you can work towards those times of year you will make a lot of money at that time because everybody is looking for content we always have to have a paper we always have to have the website updated, um so you know bear that in mind, and um, in terms of um. Um, if you're pitching news stories and we don't know you, um, what we, our normal practice is, you know, you send in the story, we pick it up if we're interested. If we haven't paid you or dealt with you before, someone will be in contact to get your payment details. Um, you know, you email in the whole story. If it's something, um, exclusive or it's something you need to talk to us about, if it's sensitive, um, please pick up the phone. Um, we're not as easy to get hold of as we would have been when we were operating from the office. We're mostly still working from home, as you can see in my attic. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to give out my number or to give out the numbers of others on the desk to people who are, you know, who are serious. Um, the, I suppose, if you're pitching a story, you don't want to send us the whole story from the off, uh, which I know some people are a little bit cautious of doing. Um, send us the top line. Send us your proposed length, Um, Let us know if you have pictures to go along with something or attach links to where we'll find the pictures. And, um, and, you know, if it's, if it's a longer piece, particularly who are you going to be interviewing? You know, we just need those details. Um, Will it cross over at something we're already doing? Uh, do we have somebody on that story already? Um, Do we know you're reliable? I suppose is the key. If you have a proven track record of working for other publications, but not for us, attach links so that we can see that you've done this before and we, we can kind of verify that. Um, We're quite open to working with new people. We get a pitch into the news email. It looks like a good story. We'll pick it up. Um, it's in some ways, it's no more complicated than that for your straightforward news story. Um, we may renew and say, look, have you sent that elsewhere? If so, probably goes a bit further back the book. And um, if we think it's exclusive to us, um, it might get more prominence. If it's particular of interest to our readers specifically, it might get more prominence um, in that regard, I suppose, as I said, monster is kind of our focus. We have particular areas that we focus on as well. So um, not geographical areas, but subject areas. So sustainability and the environment is a big one for us. Um, we're, we're very kind of focused on climate change. Um, we are interested in things around transport, things around infrastructure, um, things, are, I suppose, human interest stories around uh, disability, um, around um, health, uh, those are kind of some of some of our, our kind of better covered areas, but we're always interested in new stuff from there. Um, in terms of um, deadlines and communication, I suppose if if you're sending us in the whole story, that's grand, we pick it up, done, job done. Um, if you're sending us in a pitch, um, you know, we need to know that you can deliver when you say you're gonna deliver. If I say, right, we'll take that, we'll run it on Saturday. I need to know that you're gonna have that with me on whatever Thursday the pictures and everything will be done adjusted and tied up so though that kind of communication and obviously look I know again I mean it's not so long since I was reporting myself I know that people might not answer the phone you might take an extra day to get a hold of somebody whatever but it's all about communication with the desk and communication with whoever has commissioned you um people can find it a bit hard to get a hold of us as I said because we are working from home um our news email is a place to go with that you know and um, send us an email to the main news desk email someone's always monitoring it uh, we work, our desk works from uh, 6.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. Um, there are other people monitoring that, you know, even outside of those hours. Um, so it's rare for stuff to get missed. It does get missed the odd time. Um, you know, if you've been emailing and emailing and nobody's getting back to you or you're not getting picked up, um, you can always pop me an email directly to ask, you know, what's the issue or can, can I give you a bit of guidance or whatever? That's fine. Yeah. Um, let me see, had I anything else written down that I wanted to mention to you? Yeah, I suppose it's, it's that last part about relationship building. We build relationships with people who are reliable um, content suppliers. You know, people who have good stories, people who have good interviews, uh, people who know a top line, people who will, will send us what they've pitched. Um, I'm kind of, I have a few regular suspects who pitch me something amazing and then what lands is not the same story <laughs> at all. Um, so that does happen from time to time. Um I suppose one example, if people are, I I heard uh, Rory was talking about investigations and stuff earlier. Um, That's an area we're building on and we do have quite a track record of doing investigations over the years into different things. Mothers and baby homes, I suppose, is the most notable one people will be aware of. Um, we won an award last year for Mustafa Darwish's um, feature on Death and Direct vision. We actually have a follow-up story to that coming up next week, which has taken almost a year of work. Um, Mustafa was a freelancer at the time. He's part of the group now. he's on the Irish Times internships scheme, but he was a freelancer and I worked with him through that. So um, and you know he's a young reporter he needed a lot of it needed a lot of work. I'm happy to do that for the right story. Um, not, not every editor is um but uh maybe to my own detriment at times my own sanity but i think it if the story is good enough it's worth the work um and sometimes i think um freelancers will come upon a story and without the editorial support they can't make it happen um you know in terms of where to go how to approach something um how to get dig deeper into something so i think that is um that's a really important thing to have So, you know, if the story is good enough and, and you believe in the story and you just need assistance or you need a tweak or you need advice, um, you know, we can make that happen for, for those kind of exceptionally important stories. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my set up my stall and I'm open to questions. Thanks very much,
1: Deirdre. That was really focused and, and, and really practical. really valuable information i was just going to ask you one quick thing before i move on to sam you know the way you were talking there about human human interest stories i guess one of the biggest human interest stories happening at the moment all over europe is the refugees coming in from from ukraine so i mean and they're all over the country now at this stage so if a young reporter had a story um you'd, you'd obviously be interested in that
2: yeah absolutely yeah um what we have found, um, God, it's like it's. Well, once you see the stats for how online works, um, it's very instructive about the nature of human attention spans. You know, um, for the first week, people were interested in the war and what was specifically happening in the war. Um, the second week, that kind of faded a bit, and then once the kind of refugee story starts appearing of individuals, um, people are still interested in those. Um, but the conversation, I suppose, largely has moved on to the. For want of a better expression, the scramble for resources now because, um, you know the housing issue and what is going to inevitably health and education problems. Um. So the 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 story has moved on, but I think like our best performing story over the weekend or one of our best performing stories over the weekend was of the elderly lady whose dog was really nice with her. Um. Debbie Deegan from from to Children with Love organised that, and one of our um Irish Times interns actually followed up on that and did a beautiful story on it, and like that has travelled so much because. I Those look bad news. Bad news is news, but at the same time, those kind of, um, those kind of human interest stories, like, you know, people love them, and I'm all for a happy animal story in the middle of all the gore and all the gruesomeness. So please feel free to pitch those too. It's not just the tabloids are interested in them; the, the broadsheets need them as well. Um if you have a llama, I will always take a llama as well. Just any llama. Story. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, editor. Thanks very
1: much. Okay, I, I don't know how compare then the, the Dublin Inquirer with the with the RS Examiner. so I mean look what are you looking
3: for? A lot for smaller. In the pitch, yeah. <laughs> we're <laughs> <started>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No I don't know I wouldn't want to compare and contrast yeah. but I'll tell you what we're looking for and how do yeah. you think it's fine. Thanks. Uh, Dublin Enquirer a small little local independent paper we started in 2015. Uh, Lois and I started it. Uh, we're married and Um, She is the editor running it day-to-day, and I have another day job still, uh, and help her uh, in evenings and weekends and when she's out of time like today. Um, And we have, most of the stuff comes from uh, two, that we publish comes from two full-time staff reporters, plus Lois, who writes, uh, and we've got a regular freelancer who writes for us, Uh, one or two stories a week as well Uh, but we do commission other freelance stuff ad hoc and we're always looking for other regular freelancers who want to sort of build a relationship and stick with us for a while because that makes it easier for us than sort of always meeting new people and learning how they work and they learn how we work kind of thing Um, and just from looking at how people approach us I've built my presentation here just kind of based on looking at how people approach us by email or by phone to bring us story ideas. Uh, for starters, come with an idea. Uh, al- we very often get people who email in and say, I'm a freelancer, I'm available for assignments. Um, but uh, coming up with the ideas, like half the work. Uh, and if we had ideas, we would be doing them ourselves, basically. Uh, and we're a very small circle, so we like to expand you know, the input into the publication by working with other people's ideas rather than just always coming up with it from internally. Uh, also, uh, bring us a pitch, not the full story. We wouldn't want you to take the trouble to write a whole story that we're not going to be interested in. Um, uh, make sure it's a story that would suit us. I guess the best way to do that is to read, read the Dublin Inquirer a little bit. Uh, there is a paywall. We're happy to give you a, a free, free access, you might know, to read as much as you want so that you can familiarize yourself with it if you want to know what we're about before you bring a pitch. Uh, make sure your story is pretty specific. Uh, sometimes, well, not sometimes, very often we'll get a freelancer that says, you know, uh, I, I'd like to do something on the housing crisis or I'd like to do something on homelessness. Um, and I see that more as a topic than a specific story. Uh, it's got to be sort of a lot narrower and deeper, uh, rather than that broad. Um, What else? Uh, We are funded on a subscription model. We don't sell ads. uh, We don't get anything for the number of clicks that we get. uh, But we do need to convince people that it's worth uh, uh, paying for a subscription to us to read what we're publishing. So we feel that the best sell for that is that we've got something different that you can't read elsewhere rather than uh, we've kind of got the same story but it's a better version because we're really good which is a harder sell Uh, so we really try to focus on doing uh, stories that other people aren't doing so if the whole world is writing about I don't know the whole world in our little world which is we really cover Dublin City uh, Dublin City Council area is writing about I don't know whatever uh, how they're going to have enough housing for Ukrainian refugees coming in we'll think to ourselves, well, we've only really got three or four people, it's not the best use of our resources to try to do the same thing everybody else is doing. We'll leave that to them and we'll go try to find something else to write about uh, that other people aren't writing about. Um, so once you've got a, an idea and once it's narrowed down from a topic <coughs> to a specific story that's a bit deeper and narrower, and once you think it's something that uh, would suit us, our publication in particular, Uh, have a good Google around and make sure that we haven't already written it and that somebody else hasn't already written that specific story. It's quite often the case that somebody will send us a pitch and we'll think, oh, that's a great story, and we'll have a quick look and it's already been published. Not like literally that story, but somebody's already written about that particular thing. Another journalist has written about that and had it published elsewhere. So have a good Google around. Uh, And then send us a pitch, probably send Lois a pitch. She's just uh, lowest at dublininquirer.com, or you can send it to me. I'm sam at dublininquirer.com. Uh, we pay one hundred fifty-seven fifty for reported pieces. We don't really do opinion generally, uh, so it's almost all reported pieces. Uh, it's kind of an odd number because last year it was one hundred fifty, and we would run as uh, workers' co-op, and we got together at a co-op meeting at the end of the year and said, well, we should give every, we should all give ourselves a five percent raise, and that included freelance fees and staff salaries, and so 157.50. Uh, if we commission a piece and it doesn't work out, we'll pay a partial fee. Uh, before you go on with the reporting, we'll send you a code of conduct, sort of, uh, what our expectations are on avoiding conflicts of interest and basic things like that. Because uh, if we don't know you, we don't know what you know and what you don't know. Uh, and uh, then when there would be an editing process. You send it in, and Lois and I would read it and edit it, and work with you through comments and queries uh, in, in a Google Doc. You know, back and forth, and you final sign-off before we would run anything. Of course, uh, we concentrate on some specific areas, uh, but we're interested in things that fall outside that as well. Generally, we geographically, we try to restrict ourselves, again, because of resources to the Dublin City Council area. Uh, We do a lot of covering what the council is doing uh, itself uh, and its various branches and subcommittees and that kind of thing. Uh, We cover uh, housing and homelessness quite a lot. We cover transport quite a lot. Uh, we cover immigrant life in the city, both sort of the uh, immigration system and how it impacts the lives of people who have come here uh, or who want to come here, uh, be they tech workers in the Docklands or people living in direct provision applying for asylum. Uh, we cover environment and energy and a bit of arts and food. Um, I think that's it.
1: Okay, um, just that's an important point you made there um, earlier about a broad story versus a narrow story hmm. and you know when you, so you want your pitches then the young people pitching you you want them to be very focused yeah. so something like homelessness is so enormous i just know from years ago when i was teaching feature writing like students would come in and they'd be fierce enthusiastic and they'd be terribly concerned about the homeless problem and they'd have a folder that take with, with with information and, and, and you'd be crucified trying to narrow them down and get them to pick one one area and just do
3: that yeah yeah no that's the hard part like there's so much to cover on the, like the um the causes of homelessness and the responses to it and the councils role in it and all that kind of thing and we'd be looking for a story less like there is a homeless crisis homelessness crisis here's somebody it's affecting it's bad people say it's hard to solve and more like uh there, because we've written a lot of stories in this area, and so what we'd be looking for would be something that would uh, add to the conversation that uh, you know we and other publications are having and people uh, who are working in the area are having and the public is having add to that conversation rather than uh, repeating something that's already been said or sort of speaking into a vacuum on some different topic or uh, that sort of thing. So uh, uh, something less like there is a homelessness crisis, and more like, uh, one of our reporters had a pretty good story uh, last year, I think it was, or maybe the year before, she did a series (coughs) of a few stories about the local connection rule, where uh, some people were being left to sleep rough rather than stay in emergency accommodation or homeless hostels or anything, uh, because they couldn't prove that they had a local connection to Dublin City Council in particular. Like, one person uh, from Galway, I think, was left to sleep rough because they went to Dublin City Council and said, uh, I need a, a bed for tonight. And they said, well, you're, you're not our problem, you're Golly's problem. Uh, and uh, that led to a whole thing where the minister said, told the councils they shouldn't be doing that, and just give people a bed, if <laughs> you yeah. got one, kind of thing. Uh, and it's that sort of specific specificity, with a, little, a little more depth. Uh, yeah. To the system Drilling like. down, as they say, yeah. in the business world. All right, which I'm not
1: in. Um, OK, <laughs> so look, <laughs> no, any questions then from the audience? No? Now's your chance. Hi Sam.
3: Hi. How
1: are you? Good, yeah, nice Good see to you see
4: you. Hi ah, the twins?
3: <laughs> They're running me right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I just wanted to know, um, uh, would you like like a permanent columnist?
3: Someone uh, that
1: can give you something regularly, permanently?
3: We would like a uh, ongoing freelancer who can do reported pieces rather than opinion, oh. if you know what I mean. Uh, we generally try to stay away from opinion. Again, it's sort of a resources thing. We feel like there's loads of opinion out there. Everybody else is doing it. So if we want to do something a bit different, we try to focus on reporting stuff. Yeah. Any other questions?
4: Yeah. Just to say, I, I, I wrote a piece for you yep. some time ago about the uh, the monument, uh, I remember monument the point, to yeah, yeah. Michael Collins and Arthur Griffith and... Kevin O'Higgins in, in Leicester House. And it was a, a piece, and for you, it was a very. I just want to say it was a very
3: happy experience. Oh great! I'm so glad. I was and, uh, I was very nervous when you spoke up. <laughs> 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 See, you never paid my interview. Correctly at the time, it wasn't our fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the the the
4: the person who was editing. Uh, the, the woman It who was did. Stephanie. Mm? It was Stephanie. She was filling feeling. Stephanie an was. was Wonderful to deal with. Great. Yeah. So it's just. Uh, uh, I pass it on to the authorities at Leinster House. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I think it would be to their advantage to, because it's a fascinating history. Of, oh yeah? yeah. Of that monument, which was at one stage a kind of s- symbolic centre of an attempted coup, <laughs> uh, and you know, was refurbished as a whole. And it took me ages actually, It was interesting, I thought. It, it was, was interesting, interesting yeah. yeah. and uh, you know, I mean I'd prefer to have got fifteen hundred instead of a hundred and fifty, but that's not well, <laughs> the i my, think that's my, <laughs> <laughs> And well done on I think you're doing good work because I really think that there isn't enough attention given to council politics and local politics in Dublin, which is such an important, huge city, and really, the, 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 I know the Irish Times has a very good Dublin editor, but by and large, it, 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 it gets under the radar with, the, with the, the national media, you know, and, you know, their decisions are very important too, you know, not just what the government pretends it's doing, you know.
3: That's kind of what we thought as well and why we started the paper. I mean, Dublin City Council has more than billion euro a year of budget and they have a lot of impact on everybody's daily life in a lot of ways. So we thought it could use more coverage. Yeah.
1: Um, De- Deirdre made a very important point there about perseverance. Mm. I think that's a very important message to give out to our, uh, the younger people in the audience here, how hard it is, isn't it, Deirdre, to get started? And how they have
2: to be patient. And if they keep plugging away, they'll get there, won't they? Yeah, like the the thing is, and I suppose it's very hard to communicate that to people who are just starting out. But if you hit the right thing, you're in. That's literally how hard it is. It's just about hitting the right note once, getting somebody to trust you who is in a position, an editor wherever, and then they're your go-to person with your stuff. Then you can broaden it out after that And then once you've been published in that place, a couple of times you go elsewhere and you say, look, I've been published here. Here I am. Um, like I know myself, like when I was starting, out, I thought there was some big mystery, like that there was some big, big, maybe this is it. Maybe we're here. There's some big conference where all these people met each other and decided they were going to like work together. There isn't. Um, we see a story coming into the email. It looks like a good story. You have all the bits and pieces that we need. It has all the right things. Bam, you're in. Um, and once you're in a couple of times, if you can establish that relationship going forward, you're you're a part of the media elite, you know, whatever the uh, use that is to anyone in their real life. But, you know, once you have got the right story with all the right pieces for the publication you're pitching to, I think that's a really key thing. Like, we'll get people pitching stuff to us that is, you know, a local story in Dublin, which will be perfect for the Dublin Inquirer If As Sam says, it's narrow and it's deep. Um, but of absolutely no interest to my reader the like guy have reporters in my own newsroom who pitched something about cycle lanes in sandy mount and realistically like how many of my readers have ever been to sandy mount you know they, they don't care um but if you're pitching me something about cycle lanes nationally that maybe has a particular cork angle or that has something that everybody can relate to like somebody this morning pitched something about an incident that happened on the Waterford Greenway over the weekend. Loads of people have been there. It's a tourist destination, and um, plus we have a lot of readers in Waterford. Then yeah, absolutely. So it's it's a combination of luck and being quite focused in what you're pitching. Um, pitch to the publication you're 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 sending it to. Like if you're starting out, particularly if it's not a straight news story. Like if it's a straight news story that a paper that you know all the papers are interested in, bang it out to all of them. Grant done. If it's a story that has a particular monster focus, we're probably the most likely to be interested. The Indo will possibly be interested. Um, after that, you're kind of in a sliding scale. Um, but it's once you're in, that once your foot is in the door, you're the same as everyone else, you know. And no matter how new you are, you know, we don't know what age you are. We don't. We don't care. If you've a good story and you've all the right pieces, that's it. That's all you need. That's good to know. <coughs>
1: Any other questions? Yeah. Okay, I first there, came
3: yeah. across the devil in fire. One of your journalists came out and interviewed me about an art project we were working on in Dunningbrook for Heritage Week. But the question I have is, um, what about length? Like, um, it's really important to have an idea of what the word count is for me. To know, you know, should I write three hundred words or three thousand? Um, you know, what's the basic idea? I mean, once I wrote a piece without asking the length and we split it into two and published it in two different um, two different parts. But I'd like to know what you would be looking for as your average length for, say, a feature? It's such a hard question to answer because it depends on how complicated the story is. I guess we don't usually do sort of straight breaking news because we're weekly, uh, and so we're not going to be generally looking for a 300-word piece. Uh, we have published three and four and 5,000 word pieces, but we generally have staff writers do that. Or do that because it's too much to ask any freelancer to write that for the fee we're paying uh and so i think the average is probably 800 to a thousand words on freelance meetings but again uh it'll depend on this individual story it could expand or contract
1: you have another question have you
0: what kind of word count are you looking for um
2: for a standard news story 500 uh after that if it's a long feature um, two and a half thousand words as a page, plus picks. Uh, if you're pitching some massive investigation, we would be looking at four and a half thousand words for a two-pager, but they're rare, and you'd really want to have checked with me if I wanted before you go doing all that work. But 500 for a standard news story. So the Inquirer then, would be the same for, for a long feature, 2.5k words? Is that what you said? So- uh, I think
1: we...
3: Like we don't we don't have as structured a structured system as that. basically. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we'd average about a thousand words, and, yeah. a, and everything else we can negotiate. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Any other questions from um, the younger people?
3: Yeah, yeah. i was wondering, like, what made you decide to do like kind of a subscription model and not advertising? Uh, we started out selling advertising. We had a full-time ad sales person and two. Full time staff plus Lois editing and me helping as well back then. Uh, and we found that we have a small circulation, a small geographical area, so we have a natural limit to how big our circulation is going to get, whether online or in print. We, we publish both online and in print. And so with the small circulation, the rates are limited that we can get from uh, ads. Uh, and we tried a couple things. We tried, I forget whether it's whatever Google's online ads. Service AdSense or whatever it is, you know, where that you 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 put uh, the code in your website and they serve whatever ads it is and they give you money at the end of the month. Uh, so we tried the automatic system like that and it got us 15 euro for the month and we thought <laughs> this isn't going to get us very far. So we we got uh, ad salesmen to sell retail ads to small businesses or whoever else it would do, and we'd get maybe 50 euro for an ad on the website for a week and that's not going to get us very much, and we could get maybe 150 euro for a page in the 40-page print edition. Uh, And it costs us, how much does it cost us? 12,000 euro a month to run the paper, I think. Uh, So the numbers just don't add up. If you fill the entire paper with ads and there's no words in it, we still couldn't pay for the running costs of the paper. So that was one problem. Small circulation, low rates. Uh, The other problem was uh, we would go and we would finally sell an ad uh, and then they would say, a display ad, you know, like a picture uh, advertising company and they would say, great, Uh, and usually when we sell ads we get some editorial, uh, which we came to understand that we had to write an article about how great the company was as well. And we have neither the inclination to fool our readers with uh, articles that look like ads nor the extra resources to write an article about something we're not interested in writing about. Uh, And so we would then lose the display ad. that Our salesman had spent so much time making so many calls to sell. Uh, And so we decided this wasn't working for us at all. Uh, And, like, the subscription model suits us because we just get to do good journalism, and that's what we want, and that's what the journalists want. And we don't then have uh, advertisers saying things like why are you so gloomy? Can't you be more like Love in Dublin? I wonder you're good about brunch, Which we had happen. Uh, and so we just just that, that way. Yeah. Another question from the back of the room. Um,
1: and I just wanted to ask like, what volume of subscribers do you have?
3: We have two thousand two hundred subscribers now. And it's been growing about thirty percent year, year on year for the last several years, which is great. Uh, it's completely plateaued in the last two months, which is unusual, but I don't know. Hopefully that'll pass.
1: Any other questions? Um, okay, well I'll tell you what we do then. Um, let's just, from listening to what you guys have said, um, I've picked out a few key things that I think are important. One is a focused pitch, to get in there with a very focused pitch, yeah. Um, become reliable, you know, if you're if yeah. So if, if someone is pitching to you and they give you a story, you know, give the, the editor what you said you'd give them and get your foot in the door as Deirdre said. You know, if you keep giving in the stories, you become part of the team and then you'll keep taking stories from that person. So kind of build up a reputation for yourself, to get your foot in the door. Um, and one other thing, oh yeah, school holidays. Take advantage of the school holidays then, and uh, get your stories in. And finally, I suppose you, you're never going to be rich. You're never going to get a mortgage for a house in Dublin. If you're working as a, a journalist or a freelance, so I don't know. I don't know how you'll sort that one out. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. So um, finally, then, uh, for Sam and Deirdre, have you any just one? parting shot
2: have you won parting shot before we wrap up then Deirdre it's not rocket science if you know a good story send us a good story that's really always the bottom line if the story's good enough it'll get in you know it's not about connections it's not about who you know really it's about establishing yourself as good at this and that you can spot a story you know what we want and you're reliable it'll all flow from there okay so hopefully
1: you'll get a few pitches after today yes yeah. Salam parting shot
3: Uh, I'd say, tailor your pitch to the publication and to the editor if you can, like, uh, every publication is a little different and every editor thinks they're a special snowflake, including myself and (laughs) don't just want, like, a boilerplate email, they want uh, a story that suits them, I think. Great.
0: Are we done? Thanks very much. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, thank you, everyone. Uh, I just like to thank everyone involved today. Uh, Harry Brown, who helped us with organising the room here at TUD. Kieran Fagan, who's my treasurer in the corner there, and who does lots of uh, back and forth dealing with lots of paperwork with the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, who have provided some financial support today as well. Uh, National Union of Journalists, in particular, all the Dublin freelance branch members, several of whom I see here today. Um, the input that we get at the at the branch meetings are what make these forums possible. What, where we get the topics from? Often speakers are suggested and so forth as well. Um, to all our speakers and participants today: Rachel English, Margaret Ward, Cormac O'Keefe, Rory Byrne, Sam Traynham, Derek Shaughnessy, Patrick O'Moran, D- uh, Bernie Wood one. Thank you all for making the day possible. Uh, it's erotic, I suppose, that we started off talking uh, with uh, Patrick Morgan talking about getting away from Zooms, and we ended with a half-Zoom meeting. Which <laughs> 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 uh, was just great, actually, because we got to get data beaming in from uh, Cork, so distance, no, no objects. Um, all of you, you can check out the uh, Freelance Forum podcast online. Um, there's... Uh, I think we recorded a total of over 35 uh recordings over the two years of covid and there's about 50 other recordings from previous um events going back almost a decade covering a large variety of topics uh if you want to check those out we will be putting up some edited highlights from uh, today's events as well hopefully if the recordings worked sometimes there are technical issues uh, apart from that the next event is in october my email is tribunalreporter at gmail.com. If you have any ideas, any topics, any speakers, anything at all that you would like to see in a future forum, drop me a line. I'll probably be firing out some more information from today's thing as well, uh, contact emails, um, PDFs of, of PowerPoints, that sort of thing. Class dismissed. See you in October. Thank you, George. Thanks. This has been a Freelance Forum podcast. The forum is brought to you by the Dublin Freelance Branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, Sector Learning and Development Programme. Music from podsummit.com released under a Creative Commons Zero licence into the public domain. I'm Gerard Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe.